Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt with Katie Vernoy, and Katie is already giving me the evil eye. <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to get a little philosophical today. We're going to throw everything out the window, including a clock, because time flies. <laughs> time flies? Is that what you just said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh dear so today's episode is this is podcastception today's episode is inspired by a blog written by a question in our facebook group the modern therapist group i had posed last week how do we value our time how do we look at what our time is worth especially in that entrepreneurial world where we are not necessarily earning direct client money in sessions at the time, but the time between sessions or the time after sessions when we're doing all of the other work, how much is that worth? And we got some wonderful responses. I think it sparked some good discussion. And it actually inspired a great blog by one of our former podcast guests and the keynote speaker at our Therapy Reimagined 2019 conference, Joe Muirhead. And we're just going to keep that conversation going today. Woohoo! Yeah, if Joe's blog post is what if our time wasn't valued in monetary terms. And I think that's a really good place to start because I think oftentimes there is a notion around we're being paid for our time. People come into session, they pay us a fee, we're getting paid for our time. In community mental health, it's different because we do get paid a salary and then we see clients, but that is a, we get paid for the productivity. And so each hour we're counting. So we're always counting those client hours, I think, most and valuing those client hours most when we're looking at our financial wherewithal. Would you agree with that, Kurt? I think that there is so many different ways that this question can be answered, and that is one of them. That was very diplomatic. But I think I think the the thing that really came up for me when you were asking that is when we're talking about non-revenue time, which is I think how you framed it in the Facebook group, there's so many different types of non-revenue time that each type may have a different value. And I think that there's some stuff that is not able to be valued. And I think there's some stuff that actually does have more specific monetary value. And that's kind of what Joe was talking about is kind of the other aspects of our business where we're not directly getting paid by clients for that hour. Determining what that's worth is based on how much is it 
lending to a session. And so it's part of the session. So if it's, if your session takes, you know, the one hour session takes four hours to prepare for, then do you divide your session fee by five hours? So when I had written this question, I was kind of expecting some different answers. And I'm kind of surprised that some of these didn't come up. I was expecting an answer along the lines of, here's what I make in a year divided by how many hours I worked. And all of my hours are spread across and average out to this many dollars per hour. Got it. So kind of the salary model. The salary model. And, you know, there's a ton of work that goes into the entrepreneurial world. And I think it might be scary for a lot of us to look at what our actual average hourly rate is if we do it that way. But I had kind of expected that to be at least somebody's answer there. I had also expected some people to say all of my hours are worth the same. And I was, you know, really framing the question of if somebody was going to offer to come in at a lower fee than your normal client session fee, if you would accept a much lower rate in that hour and how you justify what that hour is worth at nothing at a sliding scale fee or at your full fee. And absolutely nobody responded with a way that I could pose that as a question as follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's why you asked the question is to see what people actually had to say. So I'm glad that you didn't frame it so, so sharply that we didn't get these other answers. Cause I think a lot of people went to a, my self-care hours are super important to me. I certainly said some of that. I think other people went to, you know, kind of the preparing and the different pieces might be more important. But what struck you the most about the answers we did get? So for me, I am not the beacon of examples of you should follow my self-care plan. (laughs) (laughs) And so it it just kind of struck me as far as the people who value that self-care hour at or above the hourly rate that... I, I totally get where you're coming from. I totally respect where you're coming from. I, I don't agree with it. I don't necessarily see that as, you know, this is how this hour is, you know, just self-care for self-care. Mm-hmm. If it's self-care that allows you to do other revenue earning hours, okay, I can see the logic behind that. And I, I might be able to get behind that a little bit more, but, but I, th- I really didn't have, you know, a, a specific answer when I first asked this question of what I thought the right answer might be. Mm. And so as this discussion kind of unfolded, as we saw Joe's blog come out, I started poking around some different places on the internet and came across a wonderful blog from, it's called jamesclear.com. And through this blog, he talks about a number of different ways of tracking money, about tracking time. And he came up with kind of three different ways of really looking at things. One is the take-home pay method. This is that salary method that we've already discussed. The second is the, what he calls the market rate method. And he describes this as It's the rate that you could expect to earn if you were hired by another company for the jobs that you're doing. So in our world of therapy, if somebody hired you in your market to see clients, you would take that hourly rate that you would earn in that other job. And if part of what you do as your practice is you do some marketing, what would a company 
do as far as marketing. You kind of break down your schedule as far as here's how many hours I put into marketing. That's what I would get paid for this. Here's how many hours I'm a clinician. Here's what I would get paid for that. And kind of coming up with an overall salary of what that might look like. Got it. The third method that he talks about is what he calls the cost-based method. And this is not, it, it's the rate that you would pay someone else to do the work that you're doing. In other words, what are you saving by doing this work? Paying somebody to do your SEO work or your bookkeeping work, that if this is something that you're taking off of your plate and you're figuring that it's a investment to spend in, in another area where it's not necessarily your skill base, if it takes you 12 hours to do your books when it would take somebody else one, that this is yeah. another way. What this blog suggests is you take each of those three methods and you average out across the methods to figure out what your true value is worth. Mm. And so this way it doesn't become just kind of these mental gymnastics of trying to justify what your time is worth. It's not devaluing what you're doing, but it's really taking a lot of input from really what your market would pay you. It's taking what you actually are earning as part of this and really combining a lot of what these potential answers could be. Okay. I think that's interesting. I hadn't heard that before. I've read some of James Clear's stuff and I hadn't seen that one. And we'll include a link to this specific blog in our show notes. You can find those at mtsgpodcast.com. Yeah, I think uh, to me, and I'll take a look at it from the show notes as well. For, for me, the, the method of identifying the true value of each hour of your time. So basically, you know, what either what you would pay someone else or what you would get paid to do that, that work or your rate for your sessions or whatever. I, I really like that because I think it helps to get to a place where you can say, because I, I think it's not true. Like I charge $200 an hour. So if I were to say every hour was worth $200 an hour, that doesn't really sync up. Because, right, because I'm guessing that your overall take home at the end of the year is not $400,000 plus. No, no, it is not. Not yet. I'm working on it, Kurt. I'm working on it. But if you think about that, hour, there's the other things that go into it. It's the marketing to get that hour filled. There's all the stuff that we've talked about, right? And not every task that I do is worth $200. And some may be worth much more than that, right? And so it's looking at how do you get to a kind of a single hourly rate that makes sense. And you kind of, this is what my hours, this is what my time is worth. But it's also, it just sounds like a lot of math. <laughs> yeah, we should have thrown a trigger warning in there as far as math ahead. Because, but... <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of different places that we're looking at it. Because if we go and say, okay, well, how much am I worth while I'm sleeping? How much am I worth while, and, and, and are we looking at a 40-hour work week? And, and how much am I worth for those 40 hours? Or am I looking at an entrepreneurial 60-hour work week? <laughs> or, a you know, a, a corporate 100-hour work week? Like, I think there's... There's a lot of variables still there, even though I think this kind of math makes a little bit more sense than just every hour is worth $200, right? And, and so I, I like that, but I also think that it only really speaks to the monetary value of each hour. Thryster is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thryster to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate upfront. From the client's perspective, Thryzer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thryzer manages the claims end-to-end -end 
that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thryzer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thryzer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. I think that that's a great point about the monetary value of each hour, because this also brings up the question of when we're looking at ramping things up for scalability, because there's only so many hours in the week that you can really see clients. Yes. And, you know, most full-time clinicians are considering their, their practice full at somewhere 20, 25 hours. Some people are up into the thirties, but you know, and that's not even talking about the diminishing quality of care that you're providing to your clients as you get more and more clients on your palate. Yes. But coming back to this point of scalability, all of a sudden I'm remembering on our episode with Howard Spector from mm-hmm. Simple Practice and talking about as he was initially building out that program of how many hours of just like investment into that yeah. that it takes before it ever has money coming back into it. And so, you know, he had a lot of negative dollar hours mm-hmm. going into that based on expenses that, you know, several years later is quite profitable for the company as it then expands out to more and more people. Yeah. So there's also kind of this return on what you're doing in, in that preparation time that could have payoff potentially further down the road. For sure. For sure. And I mean, you could, you could theoretically account for that time, the value of that time at, you know, with James Clear's models of, you know, what would you get paid if somebody was actually paying you to do that in that moment? What would you, what does it cost to delegate that out, that kind of stuff. So there's value. You can still do the monetary value. It's just, it's all investment at that point until it comes back around. And so I think, I think that one way to prioritize our time is looking at what the monetary value is. And if we're looking at it from what would I get paid to do this if, if someone was hiring me for it, and certainly the therapy hours you are being hired for, any consulting or coaching you do, you're getting hired for that hour. And so if that's $200, for example, then that hour is worth that amount, right? Whether or not there's a, other stuff in the background, like to, to do that hour, you get that $200. To do an hour where you're either pay, you know, to get an hour back that you're paying someone else for marketing or doing marketing where you would probably be paid much less than $200 an hour at your level, unless you were formerly a marketer and doing advertising, then maybe you were more than that per hour. (laughs) But theoretically, the value of that hour to you is much lower because you would get paid less, you actually aren't getting paid for it directly. And to, to delegate it out to someone who actually could do it better you regain an opportunity potentially to do a $200 hour versus saving $50 or whatever, right? Right. And this is what I consider when I'm hiring people to do some of the various tasks, whether it's an employee within my business, whether it's a vendor to take care of some of the more specialized tasks. 
But it's also something where I even go so far as to say, you know, I'm tired in the middle of the day. How much is that nap worth in my office? (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I mean, but that speaks to that there's, there's business time or career time or profession time. I mean, however you frame your work, there is that time that goes towards the bottom line in your business. And then there's time that goes towards other types of return on investment. And so actually when I was reading through this, I want to shift if that's okay. I, I kind of in reading through what you wrote and reading what Joe wrote and, and kind of my experience with other things, I feel like there's a lot of types of time and there's a lot of types of return on investment. And so I want to just mention some of those because I think it really, there's different values that we place, but the value sometimes is monetary and sometimes it's very different. And so the types of time, and, and these are just ones I thought of at the top of my head, types of times like self-care time, that's like actively taking care of ourselves. Then there's downtime, which is just shutting down and, you know, kind of rebooting. That's a type of self-care, but I think people oftentimes leave that off because it's rest, basically. I'm taking care of myself by actively going to the spa. Well, that's a kind of rest, but also just laying around and doing nothing or sleeping is, is important too. There's free creative time, which I think can be very valuable when you're moving into a thought leadership space or if you're wanting to create a side project or something. Like You need to think creatively in a free way that's not specifically implementing something because you're going to limit yourself if you go immediately to implementation or immediately to, I have to solve this particular problem right in this moment. Like you need to have some creative free time. You actually need to have the creating time. So it's like, Oh, what are the things that I could work on? And now you get to like, I have this thing that I want to solve for people or this thing that I want to talk to people about. Now you actually have to get creative in that way to be able to create content. And then there's the implementing time. You have to take that content and do something with it. So it could be writing a book. It could be creating a podcast. It could be doing something else, but there's implementing time. There's actual work time, which is for therapists sitting in the chair doing therapy. There's maintenance, which is like emails and progress notes and all the crap that (laughs) you have to do to be a responsible business owner. And then there's also professional development going to an amazing conference in October called the Therapy Reimagine 2019 Conference is one of those things. <laughs> but like doing doing the professional development stuff so that you can still continue to grow and, and develop and become better and stronger at your their thing. So those are the types of times I thought of. Are there things that I forgot? I don't know that I can think of any that doesn't fit in. And that might be one that I just have to kind of marinate on. Okay, well, I'll let you marinate. But there's all these different types of time. And I think you and I would both agree that self-care or downtime oftentimes monetarily feels pretty low because if I just take, if I can just push through, I can get a whole conference website up, right? Like if I can just push through, I can see I can another client. Up. I can get yeah. another couple hundred dollars. I can do whatever it is. But, but if we don't actually take those things, like if we don't actually take care of ourselves, if we don't have any downtime, then the, efficacy of the actual revenue generating time becomes much lower. Right. And I, I think a, a really tangible way of, of thinking about this, if you've never burnt out before, A, you're either lying or you're really lucky. Uh, <laughs> B, um, self-care on that burnout path is really something where you never understand how effective your self-care is until you've burnt out. Like it's one of those, it's like 
stretching before, you know, doing sporting events. Like you don't understand how important it is until you don't do it and you get hurt for not doing it. And I think just to, to clarify, cause I think people get their burned out on the word self-care. I'm not talking about just going to the spa and getting massage. This is self-maintenance. This is exercising, getting rest, drinking enough water. This is actual self-maintenance just so that people don't start like tuning out because we're saying self-care. Part of that investment though, is a lot of people do look at that as negative value time. And, you know, Mm -hmm. for the people that I mentioned answering in, in the Facebook group, you know, this is where that value does come in is that it does allow them to be more productive. And there's a lot of days where I find myself in the office doing these maintenance self-care little things, getting out of my office, going for, you know, just a, a, couple of minutes outside of my office helps me to come back and be more productive rather than just kind of sitting there and being like, well, I've got all day to do this. Mm-hmm. That really does bring a value to the impact of what you're bringing with that. Because yeah. what, what we're really, you know, dancing around throughout this entire thing is that time and money are just both these constructs that have so many different interpretations in and of themselves. And we're really hitting at this as far as how the two of those combine for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, because you've talked about it as money or or non-revenue versus revenue time, but I think it really, what we're actually saying is, is one of the construct constructs is return on investment. If we're going to invest an hour of our time in a nap, what is the return on investment for that? Obviously, Neither of us are getting paid to sleep. So there's not a monetary (laughs) return on investment. But if we look at other types of return on investment or ROI, there's positioning. Is this something that's going to get me in in the space where I can be seen and heard by my ideal client, by the audience I want to reach? Am I strategically spending this time and getting a strategic advantage, right? Like I'm you know, if, if I do this thing in this order and I spend this hour doing this task, it launches me forward on the next task that I need to do in the next hour, right? So there's there's a strategic return on investment. There's also kind of fulfillment and meaning and purpose. So there are things I could do that I could make a lot more money at. It would not be as fulfilling as what I'm choosing to do. And so there's a f- fulfillment aspect where I am... I am trading away a higher monetary return on investment for a higher return on investment in meaning and fulfillment. Does that make sense? Totally. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. And I think that this is where, depending on where you're at in your career, that this has really ugly ways of rearing its head if you don't go into it with the the right intentions. And I'm especially thinking about people in that pre-licensed space who Mm -hmm. are obligated to the job that gets them their hours or gets them the money that they can use to survive. Yeah. But the more obligated you are to these kinds of things that that fulfillment opportunity also goes down. 
For sure. And I guess you also mentioned another type of return on investment for pre-licensees is getting hours. So hours could be a return on investment. I don't think that needs to be traded for money. That's or trade like you should not have to trade that opportunity to get hours for the opportunity to get paid. That's a whole other thing about why we think pre-licensees should be paid. But I think that that there is a true return on investment when you can get your clinical hours approved, right? Right. And these are where each of your unique situations are going to really affect this. You know, at the other end of the career spectrum on this is people who are closer to retirement and are really valuing their time out of the office and enjoying life and enjoying hopefully an accumulation of a a lifetime of wages to be spent in ways that you get to explore the world. You get to do the passion pursuits that the, at that point, you know, if you're in that you can't take it with you sort of thing, you've done something right and you're being yeah. able to to really enjoy being in that position. But that probably came at some of those negative re- or non-revenue hours earlier in your career as you were scaling things up. Well, and I think that speaks to two more of the types of ROI that I've thought of, and I've got four more, just so you know. But one of them is sustainability. One of the things that Joe mentioned in her blog post is that she's seeing people who are in their 70s who are continuing to work because they've not saved money for retirement and they're also burned out. So they're not providing providing the high level of care. And so I think sustainability is another ROI, which potentially speaks also into quality of life. And so if you have a really low quality of life and you're not taking care of yourself, that you can't sustain that forever. Like you burn out, you wash out, you can't create the, the life that you want. You can't continue to do the work and then have that golden retirement because you've not prepared for it. So some of that, some of the ROI, even when you're very first starting your career, whatever that looks like, you want to make sure that you're planning ahead, that you're future proofing your, your work, right? Like you, you need to make sure it's sustainable. And so, 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 from your, so from your pre-licensed years, you'd need to really start having an exit strategy out of this profession. <laughs> yes, yes. But I think it's like starting a therapy treatment relationship and saying, let's start talking about termination. Termination could be in five or 10 years, depending on when you decide, when you start the career and when you decide to finish it, or it could be 40 years. But I think it's being able to understand what does that look like? Obviously, if you've got 40 years until you're going to retire from the career, that's going to be a different sustainability and termination plan than if you have five or 10. I mean, there's people who start the career as a third or fourth career. And and obviously, that's going to be very different for retirement than or some, I guess some people started as a retirement career, but but it's going to look different. And so being able to identify what does this whole career look like for me, whether it's five years or 50 years, now I've just made it go even longer. Um, you need to be thinking about how do I sustain for that time and get what I need from it, whether it's financial or quality of life or meaning or purpose. And the, the last ROI I'd put kind of is, is the values driven or mission driven and, and also, I put connection as an ROI because, you know, sometimes we do things to connect with other people. But when you're creating what you're creating in your career or even in your life, like there are going to be different types of things. And if you can't sustain those things because you've overvalued one type of ROI or you've overvalued one type of time, 
it doesn't matter. <laughs> you burn out or you or you have moral injury is the newest phrase or you or you just get really depressed and aren't able to do the work. I mean there's there's something about really being thoughtful about how you want to be spending your time. And if it's about just doing meaningful work, you may be sacrificing yourself, sacrificing your income or whatever. If it's just about making money, you may be sacrificing your soul <laughs> and your your meaning and purpose. If it's about doing everything yourself because you want to save money, it could be about sacrificing quality of life. And so to me, when I think about how do I value my time, it's so complex. It doesn't come down to a single number. It doesn't come down to a single type of return on investment. It comes down to this kind of palette of time and return on investment. And I think that's one reason potentially that I struggle with it is that I can see the value of each type of activity. I can see the return on investment, you know, all how each of those things are important. And so to try to balance that out, it takes a lot of soul searching and it takes a lot of probably discussing it with a, your therapist or your consultant who can help you sort through what is it that I actually need to be doing with my time right now? Because there's not a right answer. There's not a single right answer. As I'm sitting here listening to you and having been a part of this conversation and knowing that we're not arriving at like, here's the concrete sort of thing, but it makes sense to start looking at these different aspects, these different categories of time that you're talking about and kind of creating a time budget. Ooh, interesting. And really looking at all of these different needs. There's obviously the revenue, salaried hours that you're going to need. That's yay, capitalism. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in being able to bring in some of these other things that you do value more, that don't have necessarily that direct dollar for our sort of relationship that do help you sustain and to find that right balance for you of what, what that kind of investment is and kind of taking these two really surreal ideas and making them into a little bit more concrete things that you can understand that helps set better targets for how you're going to do things. And, you know, this is stuff that especially you, Katie, have talked about in a number of our episodes of being able to implement those kinds of systems intentionally into your calendar, but with the goal of how this time and how this energy can be used. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm thinking specifically of the number of times that you've brought up like that after that post-lunch lull of being like the best time to respond to emails, like, you know, being able to budget out your time in that best way so that you're your feelings about the return on investment can be maximized. And a lot of, of the timing aspects, because I think there's what is the hour worth, but also what's the best use of the hour is also another piece. And that what you were talking about, kind of the post-lunch lull and that kind of stuff, that stuff comes from Daniel Pink's book, When, and we'll put a link in the show notes so you can take a look at that yourself. And it talks about these types of things, but also really about when should you do things to get the best value out of that, that time. We would love for you to join in on the conversations that come up in our Facebook group, the Modern Therapist group, and sometimes the conversations end up focusing our episodes. Yep. So come and participate. It's, it's turning out to be a really great community there. And a lot of the people in that community are going to be speakers at our Therapy Reimagined 2019 conference. Woo -woo! 
It's October 18th and 19th here in the Los Angeles area with our presenting sponsor, Simple Practice. We have so many exciting speakers. It's really turning out to be a, a very good group of people who bought tickets already. Uh, crazy. Check it out at our website, mtsgpodcast.com. And until next time, I'm Kurt Woodhelm with Katie Verdoy. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code MODERN gets you two free months.